Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Who do you want to talk about first? Mick Sherman. The Athletic. He can play. And we need people that can play. And we'll never be royals. Let me live that fantasy. Mick Sherman. The Athletic. On The Connor Happer Show. On 1620 The Zone. We're joined now on the 42 Degrees The Source Hotline by... Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Mitch, good morning. How are you? Morning, Connor. I'm well. How are you? Good. I was uh, reading your story this morning on the uh, the local the local recruiting scene, specifically over at uh, over at Millard South. It's it, it's sort of an interesting look on um, really, I guess, the metro and the state, and how there's all these players now. And it's funny the way we think about it too, Mitch, because we don't. Like it used to, we used to kind of know who the players were going to be and where they were, you know, if they weren't on the radar before their senior year, they're probably going to like group of five at best, maybe FCS. And now we're very, very used to a handful more power five players every single year. And it seems like that is only, only rising. So it was a pretty good look into, um, what, what's going on at not just Millard South, but just in the Metro in general, as, as coaches continue to recruit it really hard. Yeah. I think it's indicative of, of, like you said, of what's happening around, around the state of Nebraska, but really around the Metro. And, you know, I think the closer that these schools and these players are, the, the, the more access they have to the Warren Academy. And, you know, I'll, I'll single them out because I think they're doing the most um, by far to prepare uh high school athletes to be recruited and and be viewed as prospects in college. But of course there's other training um, centers out there and, and ways that the players are getting ready. There's just more readiness um, in the state of Nebraska and especially in the Omaha area to be able to go and play at a power five program than there has been um, at really at any time. I mean, you can go back to periods of history and around Omaha um, where there were great, a great run of, of football players or basketball players. You know, I think of the nineties um, with, with athletes coming out of Omaha every year and, and in, in both sports, but the consistency that we're seeing now, you're seeing quarterbacks uh, in just about every class, which is something totally new um, receivers, the tight ends in the state of Nebraska per capita, uh, I think are, are, compare favorably yes. to, to most of the rest of the country. You know, you can't say that yet um, per capita, um, even even as Nebraska, the state of Nebraska gets upwards of like 12 to 15 Power 5 prospects in one cycle. That's a lot. And, you know, if you expand that out by population, um, it would, it would, it would, they're not embarrassing themselves, the state of Nebraska. It's now, it's now doing well. It's doing better per capita than most low population states, but it's still not on the level per capita of like a Georgia or Florida, but with tight ends, it is. And we see a couple of those guys at Millard South, including Chase Lofton, who has emerged after his junior year um, upon his transfer from Elkhorn North to Millard South as 
one of the, the fastest rising guys in the country, I'd say. He's, he was at USC last weekend. He'll be at Alabama this weekend. And just in the last few days, Nebraska's been in to see him. Um, actually, Nebraska was, was also in to see Jet Tamala, the quarterback. Um, yep. they, can, they can take a look at him. Um, but Penn State, Florida State, Auburn were all in and offered last week um, to, to Lofton, the 25 tight end. Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, it, I don't know if it's the final step to this, but if if we're talking about Omaha sort of arriving as a as a place where, you know, coaches are going to make that a stop every single year, that's already that's already kind of happened uh, with the the amount of talent that there is. But the 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 cementing piece to that is having a power five level quarterback that people are going to sort of battle for. I like I don't I don't think we're that far away. Maybe there was a, maybe there's a couple in this class. We've seen a couple go to the group of five level, but I, I you feel like that's coming for the city. Like I don't know what that means, but it does cement. I think Omaha is a place where where you can come and and find good players, and there's enough to go around. Like it doesn't they don't all have to go to Nebraska. Yeah, the quarterbacks they bring in attention for everyone else, and it's, yep. it's not it's working the opposite way. At Miller South right now, um, because Lofton is older than the than the three 2026 players that include the quarterback Jet Tamala, um, so Lofton is bringing in the attention that 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 some of those younger guys might not see and helping generate interest for them. But by and large, the quarterbacks and you saw it with Zane Flores, you saw it with Danny Kalen the last two recruiting cycles at Gretna and Bellevue West, um, and he, I think you saw it at Westside. You know, even though Anthony Rezac didn't get um, a, a Power Five offer and you know he's walking on at Notre Dame with his brother um you know people were interested to come in and see him and the athletes around him and and you know there were there were a there was a, a ton of them of course at Westside the last couple of years and and I think Westside will will continue in that in that on that path but Millard South could be the favorite um on the football field next year and, and certainly right now has the the biggest group of high impact offensive players with the four who um, I wrote about this week, and they all visited. Uh, they all visited Nebraska um, a couple of weeks ago on a junior day together. So it's interesting, and yeah, the quarterbacks are a big part of it. We've seen this a little bit more uh, now over the last, oh, I, I guess decade or so. Where, um, and, and this is what Millard South is going to do this fall. They're going to take the show on the road, and they're going to go to Phoenix and and play a, mm-hmm. a big school from out there. We've seen it a little bit more, and and it usually like just. I guess anecdotally, Mitch, it feels like the Omaha schools, um, if they want to, if if they have the resources and whatever it takes to sort of put that together, and of course they feel like they have a team that can compete, they'll do it, and they'll usually, it seems like, have success. I like. I wonder what that does for um, for the recruiting scene throughout, not just that school, but also sort of the city and the metro area as well. Yeah, it's not real common. I mean, West Side and Bellevue West has Bellevue West was, has been open to doing it, but it's, it's, it becomes a scheduling thing. We've seen it more in basketball, um, right? You, you certainly do, and it's easier in basketball because you have a much smaller roster, and yep. you can play in these tournaments where you play. You, you get a lot of bang for your buck because you can travel to a different state and play multiple games on a weekend. Um, West Side did play St. Thomas Aquinas from Overland Park, Kansas, a, a big power program in a border state. Um, I think that was in the COVID year. Um, I think, uh, if, I, if I remember right, but um, regardless, that was a, kind of a one-off. Um, this this uh, situation next year and in 25 is unique with Miller South and Ty Wisdom, the coach there, who was a head coach at two programs in the Phoenix area and got to know 
the coach at Basha High School in in um, in Chandler, Arizona, and Bachelor uh, Basha is a um, is a power program nationally and always a contender uh, in the open division in the state of Arizona, which is like just the the large division. Um, Nebraska should have an open division where you know Bennington could play against. Uh, Elkhorn South, or Lincoln Southeast. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's another discussion for a different day. But um, Bash is the team that beat Dylan Royola's Chandler team twice um, in in the same season in Dylan's junior season. And, and Ty Wisdom was at those games. Um, you know, he's close enough with that coach coach at Basha that when he had opportunities to go fly to Phoenix, um, he would go watch them play. And, and he saw those games. And and then they were able to to schedule the two programs, Miller South and Basha a home and home. So uh, the Patriots will be in Arizona next year. And, you know, there's a huge benefit because, uh, you know, as, as Ty told me, Arizona, Arizona state, Utah, they're always going to have eyes on that school and they're going to want to know what's going on with the players at that school. And if you're Millard South and you go in there and you've got a bunch of power five prospects, then those coaches are going to see your players too. And, you know, Wyoming, for instance, is playing at ASU, the weekend that Millard South goes to, to Basha. So Wyoming will likely have coaches out in the Valley that night. Maybe they come to that game. And then, and then those, those Omaha kids are on, are on the film that the Basha um, prospects are sending around and somebody might get noticed that way. So in, in the year after um, Basha is going to come to come to Omaha and play at Buell stadium. Um, so there's a lot of benefit to it. There's a lot of cost involved. Definitely. Um, and uh, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's something that I think a lot of coaches don't want to do and aren't, aren't willing to do because it's just, it's hard. It's a challenge. And they would just rather, um, you know, go with the status quo. But if you want to go to the, to the next level and take things, um, you know, take things to a new level, push, push some limits um, as a high school program. And I think Nebraska could do more of that programs in Nebraska could do more of that. Then this is, uh, this is one way to accomplish that. With all this, Mitch, do you, you feel like it maybe softens the burden a little bit on, whoever is the Nebraska football coach in this case, obviously Matt rule um, to like feel the need to get every guy. And they've, they've also approached it from a, from a different angle and, and they're really confident in their evaluations and um, all that stuff like that. But now there, there's going to be, there's going to be so much in the competition for it. Um, the, I'm talking about players in the Metro or players in the state of Nebraska is going to be higher and higher and higher every single year. Like, I guess the the old school thought of like, hey, if there's a power five guy in the state, he needs to go to Nebraska. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't necessarily hit that hard anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think some people are still going to have that that um, that way of thinking, or still going to subscribe to that that logic. And and to a certain level, um, you know, you don't want to compromise if you're in Nebraska and say, well, hey, it's okay if we miss sure. on certain players. No, you want you want to get them. I mean, for Nebraska to get Carter Nelson in the last cycle for Nebraska. Um, to get Tyson Terry in this in this next cycle, I mean those are those are must wins in recruiting, and they're 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 battles that Matt Rule and his staff have been able to win. But you know there's still I and mean, Christian Jones at, at Omaha Westside, he's a another guy who you put in that in that must get category. You know same thing with with Lofton, but uh, at at Millard South, but you're not going to get all of them. And you know look around the country, there 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 are, there are not pro nobody gets every player in their state. I mean Georgia notoriously misses on a ton of players from its own state and they're doing okay um, competitively. So as, as more schools and the, and the reason for that, the reason that Georgia um, can afford to do that is because they can go to California, they can go to New Jersey, they can go to Michigan, they can go to Washington state, wherever 
they're a national program in the way that they recruit and have just as much sway as they do with a player in Atlanta. And, um, and then the state of Georgia, the borders are, are, are open. Everybody in the country recruits there. And that's not yet the case at, at, in Nebraska. Not everyone is coming into Omaha, but certainly a lot more than used to be. There, you, you did not used to have a Thursday morning in January where a Penn State coach and a, a Florida State coach yeah. walked into a gym at, um, at Millard South. And, you know, USC was here the week before. And USC's coaches have told Ty Wisdom at Millard South that this is not a one-off, that they're going to continue to recruit players uh, in this part of the country, in, in Omaha and populated areas. And I'm sure if there's a Carter Nelson um, in a future cycle, they'll go after him too because, uh, in part, the school is joining the Big Ten. Yeah. This is now part of their, their conference affiliation. So um, it's going to get even more competitive. And, yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a, a reality that exists uh, moving forward that you're just not going to get every one of them, even if Nebraska – um, greatly improves its win total on the field. You're still going to miss on some on some kids, even in your own state. Nebraska football uh, roster wise, Mitch, we'll, we'll let you out on this. Um, you know, we've seen some changes, and it's you know it's pretty common now when they release like a roster update and they say, all right, here's here's what's moved and here's what's changed. You'll see, you know, a guy go from and there was two in this case go from wide receiver to defensive back or offensive line to defensive line or defensive line offensive line and those are those are all young guys who haven't been on the field yet and really just last year redshirted I find it interesting and in this case in this this move you saw I think three or four guys go from the offensive side to the defensive side and and I I sort of find that interesting from the perspective of like you look at the wide receiver room right now and all those guys that they recruited last year some of them are over in the defensive back room um, you obviously have three older guys who are transfers in there right now, and then guys who you've seen a wide receiver in Coleman and Lloyd. But I find it interesting because there's there's space, right? There there is space now to either add a guy um, if you feel like it's necessary, not just for this year but for next, and then continue to bring in big classes at one spots as, and then they sort of uh, diffuse out to other spots on the roster. Like I. I I find it interesting sort of how they've how they've done that in their first yeah. year here. Yeah, I think if if you're looking at a recruiting class and you're stressed because there weren't as many defensive linemen or wide receivers as you might like to see based on the current condition of the roster, the thing you have to understand about this staff is that they do recruit athletes. And not just athletes who can go back and forth between the secondary and the wide receiver core, but also between offensive line and defensive line. I think I know all of the, and I, I haven't gone through every, every name on the, on the roster that was updated yesterday, but I mean, you're talking to what about, about Machachak, who's now on yep. the offensive line. Obviously Ruquan Buckley is on the offensive line. You know, he's not, he wasn't a, a first year player, but Mason Goldman is on the defensive line. You've got, um, you've got DeAndre Barnes and Jeremiah Charles who've moved to the secondary. All, I think all of that stuff has been covered and has been mentioned at least by Matt Rule um, in in the, the the most recent times where he he talked um, to the media. But there might be a couple others in there that have even escaped me. And then the other thing you can do is you can move guys from like the rover spot to a linebacker position um, between the time yes. that they're recruited and they, they get on the field. And also you can do it between like defensive end and Jack linebacker. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility 
um, both just because of the way that this staff thinks and also because of the way of the way that they they organize their scheme and in in the kind of players that they recruit and looking for versatility. So um, that's that's definitely going to be a a, um, a signature, you know, a hallmark of of this coaching staff um, as they go as they go into you know, recruiting cycles in the future. No doubt, Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. Mitch, uh, thanks as always, man. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks a lot, Connor. Mitch Sherman. Um, so. What you'll look at when you look at the scholarship distribution right now, if you want to call it a scholarship distribution, like you'll running back room is thin, wide receiver room is thin. I think there's you know by my count, and I don't think I'm missing missing anybody. Three, five, seven, nine. Like there's nine scholarship wide receivers at the moment. That's and and two of them are incoming freshmen, so um, both of them won't be here till the fall. Um, so there's like there's gonna be seven out there for the spring as quote-unquote scholarship guys, and I know that's gotten a lot more confusing lately, but it's a giant offensive line room. It's a giant defensive line room. It's a big, big corners room. And then you could sort of diffuse those guys out depending on what their skill sets are into various other positions or you know, you're playing positionless defense. And it also leaves a lot of room for Nebraska to continue to add big-time dudes at – running back and wide receiver guys that they really, really want in their recruiting classes or who come in for immediate impacts during the in the transfer portal. Um, That's what I look at right now. We can talk about that a little bit later if, uh, if we have time, but we get still got a busy uh, hour coming up here. Uh, We'll get the odd news next. We have the tweet bag coming up. So get your tweets in. We got a few of them. We could use a few more. I think we have something to offer today. Um, Woodcliffe. Yeah, Woodcliff. Woodcliff wow. Restaurant, which is at Woodcliff Lake. Fitting name, then. It, it, no doubt about it. Um, so send those in. There could be a prize coming your way. Uh, also, uh, in the next uh, this show or next, probably tomorrow, we'll have some uh, Creighton tickets to give away on Friday. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. We got tickets to things. We have money. We have gift cards. Money? It pays. Yes, it pays. Yeah, money, but you know, the five hundred dollar prize for the playoff pick'em. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. Like there's there's a whole bunch of reasons to listen, not just our sparkling uh personalities. Uh we'll come back. Josh has the odd news next on sixteen twenty the zone. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your four oh one K and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.